You're listening to Be Still and Grow, the GCC Ladies Podcast with Catherine, Heather, and Nicole, where we dive into deep theological topics and real life issues through the art of conversation. So take a seat at the table with us. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Be Still and Grow podcast. I know you can already tell, but I am fired up today (laughs) because we have some heavy, heavy hitters on the podcast today. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Woo-woo. Hello, ladies. (laughs) Hello. 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 They're all so fired up. We're off to the races. Um, We have, so we're doing the Ladies Retreat Recap episode two. It's a a mouthful. (laughs) Um, but so these are the speakers that were on the retreat. So we have the Chelsea McDonald, Lindsay Patton, Pat Reed. Uh, we've had all these ladies on the podcast before, but just like a quick thing, if you've forgotten who they are, Chelsea McDonald is married to Kirk McDonald, who is the pastor of Gospel Community Church, the church we all attend. Uh, Lindsay is also married to David Patton, who is an elder and pastor also here at Gospel Community Church. Pat is married to Greg Reed, um, who is a deacon here. I, what, is it the building manager? Is that his title for the building? I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does it all. He, he has the, many titles. He, he, yeah. wear, he wears different hats all oh, the time. Yeah. Um, but we're excited to have Miss Reed on because her and Greg are the creators of the podcast room. Yeah. We are it, so grateful. It, it came yeah. out incredible. So out, outside of the, the podcast room, I know you do a lot of renovations and projects. Like outside of the podcast room, what has been your favorite you've ever done? Um. At this church, probably the main stage, putting the cross up and the walls, and I think it really added a lot to the feel of the room. I do love that, it. It is very fun. pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. Uh, but we're like I said, we're grateful. Uh, it's killer. Like I, every time I like I walk in here, I'm like, how is this a part of this? Church? <laughs> <laughs> it's like your like, church is beautiful, but then you're like, whoa. This well, is if you were up here, yeah. What four or five months ago? We should have taken before and after pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there are. I was going to say somebody <laughs> probably has yeah. some. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but we're excited to have you ladies on. And so before we get started, so I everybody knows Instagram. They know TikTok and Reels and stuff like that. And so I feel like when you watch that one video, it's like, oh, you watch that one video, you watch a hundred more videos on the exact <laughs> same thing. And so like right now, my feed is like covered in like '90s nostalgia and like mainly '90s music. And so, but that for me is like what I grew up on was 90s music. And so I started thinking like, wow, like, like what was the first CD I had? Like, or the first cassette tape or anything like that? Because like I grew up, um, we, like it was an, uh, we were Christians and stuff, but like we were all over the place. So like I loved Christian music, not just because we grew up in church. I just always had a love for it. And then like my dad loved oldies. My siblings loved like all the grunge, the rock, um, alternative and stuff like that. And so I, I was even thinking, I forgot about this day, but like, I remember we had two cassette tapes. And so every time we got in the car, we could only listen to two. So it was either Rich Mullins or Michael W. Smith. And oh. so, and like he was, he was big in the nineties, you know. Oh yeah. Friends are friends. But I, I mean, I thought he was good, but that was the only two. So we, we knew those two really, really well. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's what we kind of grew up on. But the first seat I ever had was Gary Chapman. I don't think anybody knows him. He used to be married to Amy Grant. I know that. But he was really, really good. He had a big, like, 
If you ever listen to this, I doubt it. But <laughs> you, I think you have a, you are, I, I think he's a fantastic artist. You were done wrong. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting um, but, but he was really, but it's weird. I thought about this day. It's like, it's a weird album for a kid to listen to, but I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And then uh, the first um, cassette tape was given to me. I didn't buy this, but it was given to me. It was Britney Spears was the first one. <laughs> wow. I liked it. <laughs> wow. Uh, Confession. <laughs> I thought it was good. Uh, but we were always, like I said, I was exposed. I love all kinds of different music. But but I'm interested about you guys. Like, What was either the first CD you ever had, first cassette tape, or just an artist or band that you loved growing up that was like, your go-to? Oh, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Who could it be? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, I'm sure that probably the first cassette tape or, uh, yeah, it had to be cassette because that's, I'm dating myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Um, sorry. Uh, I'm sure that that was Christian music for me because I did grow up in the church in a Christian home. But when I think of music and my childhood, I think of boy bands. Mm-hmm. I was the boy band girl, uh, and I was an in sync girl. So okay. don't come at me with 98 Degrees. Don't come at me with Backstreet Boys. Don't come at me with New Kids on the Block. Oh man, I was an in sync girl. Thank you, through yeah. and through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with. That. I feel like they were the better of the boy bands for sure. They wow. had a lot of great hits. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. So. I love this. Um, I I do remember New Kids on the Block, but I don't really remember having any type of like cassette or anything but what I do remember as I was at a friend's house in elementary school I want to say like third to fifth grade and I remember listening to the cranberries oh. All right. <laughs> also ace of bass oh. Oh. Ace of I know bass. right <laughs> yeah I don't even know what ace of bass sings but and the only thing I know the cranberries sing is zombies I oh. saw the sign yeah, my mom was like huge Ace of Base fan. So we just talked about this the other day too, but it was yeah, that's like a core memory of my childhood right there. <laughs> Did they ever have anything after that, or they like yes. died well, off? Well, I mean, that was like probably their biggest hit, biggest album. But they've had many a song and many an album. Okay, my mom and she knows that. Okay, oh, yes. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I only know I saw the sign because of Full House. Remember yes. when Stephanie Tanner <laughs> was playing? She did the whole thing. I thought they created that song. song. I know. Until I got older, I'm like, oh, they're playing Stephanie <laughs> Tanner? <laughs> what? I was like, they're so talented. <laughs> I had no idea. No idea. Uh, well, but then I would say the rest of my music career or, you know, growing up <laughs> essentially was 90s country. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was exposed to. Yeah. And then like same wavelength, uh, 70s rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Well, I will have to say during the 90s, I was a little bit preoccupied with raising two boys. And I don't recall much music during the 90s, probably other than Southern Gospel yes. uh, and oldies. But as a teenager, it, you know, we didn't have cassettes talking about dating yourself. Um, so there were albums and there were 45s. Yep. And we did graduate to eight tracks for a oh, while. You but, you yeah, know, that was really, really uptown. Um but uh, I purchased a Chicago album with yes. my own money one time, mm. and then Marshall Tucker Band, Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah, I'm like the oldies, uh-huh. oldies. No, those are wonderful. I listen yeah. to those still today. So. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I love that. Speaking of the oldies, I always thought that's when I'll know that I'm old <laughs> when I turn it to an oldies station and they play my music. It's you know, here, '90s country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Which and is the best. That happened a few years ago. And <laughs> I had a moment. <laughs> it's just so sad. It's Trisha Yearwood. Oh. Um, yeah, I was definitely the 90s country. Like our TV was always on CMT, mm. you know, always on, always on the, the country radio stuff. But um, my go to will forever be Jody Messina, <laughs> the fellow redhead. Yeah. That I was, you know, like I was just going to be here when I grew up. Like that was just goals you know <laughs> um and so funny story when I was like 15 or 16 I guess 16 because I was driving in my car and I had her cd in which was probably the first cd that I ever purchased um had her cd in and I'm just like bebopping my way to Athens you know and I'm like what if she's not a Christian <laughs> like out of nowhere I'm singing like bye bye you know like what if she's not a Christian and it it like crushed me and I'm like what if she doesn't know Jesus, like, what if she could go into hell? And what? Ah! And like, then I was like, oh my gosh. And then I start praying for her. Also added Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney to the list. <laughs> Just really heartbroken for these people. I appreciate that. I do like me with Kenny Chesney. Yes. Oh, yes. We need, we need to, Lord. we need to rock out with bare feet, I guess. Um, Down in Mexico. So yeah. So I started, I started praying for her little rabbit trail and y'all like, I guess, Four years ago, five, it was before COVID, so five years ago, you know, that big mile marker in all of our mm-hmm. lives. Um, I hear that Jody Messina is doing a concert at Rock Springs Church. And I was like, that's weird. So like, well, babe, we're going. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I loaded up everybody, big picnic. I'm like, my dreams are coming true <laughs> and it's free to go. So we go to Rock Springs and we watch her and she gets up and shares her testimony of how she was not a believer. And she was all into the stardom and the fame and the money and all the things. And then a lot of life happened and she realized she needed to walk away from the stardom and the fame and the money um, to pursue a godly life. And so she did. And wow. here she was doing free concert. And I'm like, he heard me. He yeah. answered my prayer, you know, <laughs> like this whole thing. So I'm still. And then recently, I think it's, I'm going to meet her one day. I can feel it because. She just built a house in Brooks, y'all. Like twenty minutes down the road. She's like, I don't really. Lord she does in this, but yeah, it's pretty darn on. I mean, <laughs> wow. so I'm yeah. just waiting. Yeah. So Jody, if you're listening to me, <laughs> uh, so here we, we go. We'd love to see you at church next Sunday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. come on. We we welcome you, and we'll like, let you we have worship. Stage. I mean, that would be. I don't. Yeah. We would have to will you out. I know. <laughs> like, oh, what's happening? I really don't think I would star out. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? What do they call it? Um, oh, sorry, like fan yeah. yeah, I don't think I would. I think I'm past that. But it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I would just love to tell her the story of like, I'm mm-hmm. praying for yeah. you. I'm praying for you for like a solid year. That's so cool. <laughs> anyway, I'm, cu- I'm curious though. So, like, I don't know if you've ever been starstruck, but like, if you never met Insane, correct? I did not. Okay. I ever, went to the concert. Oh, okay, I've oh. seen them yeah. in person. If, if you ever met them, would you be starstruck? Uh, I don't know now. Okay. Now, if you would have asked me when I was in the eighth grade or the yeah. ninth grade, I would be like, oh, yes, <laughs> I would probably like start sweating and not remember my name yeah. and all yeah. the things. Um, but now I'm, I, I don't know. I guess the older I get, I'm like, they're people, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and I don't envy their life. Like yeah. I, no. being people. famous is not something I ever want. Yeah. yeah. And now, you know, the type of people. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, we would have nothing in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like with all the boy bands, it's always that favorite. Who is your favorite in sing? Oh, oh, Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> there is no question. Like, Ever. Not even in a running. Y'all just sit down. Uh-huh. JT, come on up. Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> 
Miss Nicole, who was what was your first CD? That all that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, wah, wah. my first CD <laughs> no. I bought at Family Christian Store, bookstore, yes. whatever, and it was a sampler of Michael W. Smith, oh, and it was three dollars, two ninety nine. In fact, <laughs> I had no cool. idea who he was. I was like a kid at this time. It was like I can buy a CD, okay. And I think it had Friends or Friends Forever maybe on it. And like maybe like one of like the current songs or something. I can't really remember, but. I'm impressed that you guys yeah. remember the very first one. Yeah. <laughs> like, no idea. Yeah. Well, it was just like for me, it was at a contest. It was a, I think it was a J93.3 contest. And so I spun the wheel and they had this whole table of CDs. And I just, that was the one I picked. And so, but I, there was, so I narrowed it down to two. I didn't know until way later. It was Audio Adrenaline, if you've ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. And so, but I picked Gary Chapman. And so. It just that stuck with me. And then mainly the cassettes, because it was this, I love Christian music. And I'm like, why are you giving me this secular woman? How dare you? I still listen to it. But it was good. And um, and then the, the other ones, it's the, that's the only freaking cassettes we listened to in the car. It was like, Rich Mullins and Michael W. Smith. I'm like, radio, please. <laughs> um, but I think that's a good one. That's a really good one. I mean, you can't beat Michael W. Smith. You know? No, he's Let still relevant rain. today. You know? yeah. oh, yes, yes, classic. that is true. What was your go-to Michael W. Smith song? Had a lot. Of- I don't even know. It was not one that you listened to the most of all of them. No, was it friends? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a cassette tape. You had to take it out and rewind it yeah. with your finger. Yeah, yeah. oh, like, it was I a lot of work. About that. Yeah, you use like a pencil <laughs> and do yeah. it. Want to get out? <laughs> Crazy times. It's better. I mean, I feel like that was better than the CDs. It's like remember when you had to listen to CDs and they would scratch and like if I hold it yeah. up like this, it won't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the difference because we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. No one plays a song all the way through anymore. That's correct. Mm-hmm. They listen to like their favorite part and then they'll go on to something oh, else. Yeah. I'm like, I want to hear the whole song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought about that today too. It's like I used to have so many CDs and like I feel like then people would listen to the entire album. Nobody really they just listen to the yeah. like the hits mm-hmm. now. You don't and, skip. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like because I was telling her earlier, I was like, I so when I was thinking about this today, I was listening to a bunch of so have, have y'all ever heard of FFH? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Like nobody's like, who's that? Yeah, so, I know all the Christian one band. person. Yeah. That's yeah, like fifty-fifty. Yeah. You've had two people today. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> uh, but they finally, had my odds are not good. <laughs> not looking good. But they had that song uh, one of these days. Mm-hmm. I love that song, and so I listened to it. So it went on a shuffle. So they're playing all these old Christian songs. I'm like, I used to listen to so many songs. I'm like, I feel like I listen to barely anything nowadays. And so I'm like, oh man, it was just like I listened. It was my. It was like an hour drive, and I had so many songs. I forgot about. Them. I forgot about yeah. that one. It was wonderful. Yeah. Music is not what it's used to. Uh, making my playlist involved stacking up the 45 <laughs> in the correct order <laughs> yeah. so that you just like get the full uh-huh. experience of each yeah. one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, records are making such a great comeback yeah. right now. Oh, so yeah. Everybody's yeah. got albums now. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I think they're great. That's yeah. part of my inheritance. I have all my dad's Beatle albums. So I oh, listen to cool. them at home on the record player. Nice. Cool. On that note. <laughs> ended at the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the Beatles. I love them. Um, why, why are we here, Nicole? <laughs> well, we're here to talk about music. Yeah, you got to do it in the British accent. Like, I'm Paul McCartney. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we're here to talk about the GCC Ladies Retreat 2.0. And to recap the conversation and talk about maybe some takeaway moments and some deeper revelation on what got what was taught at the identified ladies retreat. Yeah. And so, like I said, all the ladies here, they were all speakers at it. And then Heather is the one who put it all together. And so we are we're in for a treat, guys. We're all the people <laughs> here. So um, 
How do you how do you think it went, Heather? You think it think we should do it again? I <laughs> think we probably will. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I think it was so good. I feel like I loved my favorite aspect of this year, I think, was that everybody just jumped in to fellowship mode. Everybody was just like, We're here. We finally made it. I feel like last year was kind of like, So are we on hangout time or are we like at church? Like, do I need to keep my shoes on? Like, kind of how are we? What's happening? What do we expect from this? And then this year it was just like I'm here putting on my pajamas. People came in their pajamas. Like we're just like hanging. And we just jumped into, I didn't feel like anybody had to like warm up or anything. It was just like, they've been looking for it, forward to it. And that was really comforting and exciting to me. And I know for Kelsey and Lindsay, like this is your second year doing this. How was it compared to the, the first year kind of getting back at it? Yeah, I feel like it, I, I would agree. You the first year you saw people kind of come in not knowing what to expect. And then this year you got people putting their slippers on immediately when they first walk in, they're like, I'm going to drop my bag and put my slippers on and get cozy. And, you know, it just, it felt, um, more community driven this year. Whereas when you first walk into something you've never done, you don't know what to expect. And the ladies that were returning from last year, it was just so cool to see them kind of know what to expect, take ownership and really have good conversation with one another. Yeah, I would just say it felt more familiar. Like it was, you know, we've all been here. We know what to do. I don't think I wore shoes the entire time. It yes. was lovely. I wore slippers <laughs> and socks. Um, so but I, I think that that this is like something special, you know, mm-hmm. that you can come somewhere and feel comfortable immediately and just be together and be present and not have a lot of little distractions. Yeah, yeah. it was nice. Yeah. So how was it for you, Miss Pat, as doing coming it in for the first time? I was very pleased with the everybody's. It just felt like being at home. Everybody seemed to feel really comfortable. Um, even the new people who came in, I think they picked up on uh, the feeling in the room and was just eased right into feeling at ease and comfortable with everybody. And it, it was great. It was a great, a great time. I think everybody was looking so forward to it that it was just we fi- like you said we finally made it. We're here. Yeah. And it was just going to be a restful, a restful time. And Heather, what was, we have a theme each year. So like, what was the theme for this year? So this year was identified. Um, I, as I was praying about the retreat, gosh, back in August, <laughs> September, um, Lord, what do you have for us? He just kept bringing First um, Peter 2, 9 and 10 to me. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. Um, I'm not saying this verbatim, um, you are my people uh, is what it kept coming to me. And it was like, that's right. That is who we are. Why are we so caught up in what the world expects us to be or who we are in the world's eyes even? Why are we so caught up in that? Um, let's just zoom out a little bit and notice we're just chosen by God. And we are, we're called to be his people and his representatives in this world. And we're just called to glorify him. When you take, when you've laid on that, it's like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, and so it just kind of, as I talked to the ladies retreat team, which Catherine and Nicole are both part of, side plug. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we do life together, y'all. Um, just, you know, as we were meeting and kind of talking about, this is what's on my heart. And people kind of chimed in with several different other ladies that they had been talking to in the church of really struggling with this identity piece. And so then I think, Catherine, you were talking about having friends mentioning struggling with identity. 
And then that's when it hit identified. It's already been up. We've already been identified like past tense identified. Um, we don't have to figure that out anymore. It's already done. So stop worrying about it. Stop trying to think on it. It's already been, you've already got your, the only label you need if you so need a label. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started. And I, you know, I feel like the, the sweetness is when you're preparing, whether it's for the event or uh, preparing for the teaching that y'all are going through. And so I think anytime you're, I mean, I, that's one of the things I love about our church, like the different things you do, whether it's the call to worship or anything like this, the sweet time that God does things um, during that process. And so while y'all were getting ready, prepared for uh, the event, like what did God teach y'all during that time for y'all personally? It was a lot of fun. We actually all met in my living room. It was Heather and Miss Pat and Lindsay and myself. And we were all kind of talking about this theme and talking about the scriptures that we may refer to. And I remember t- telling everybody, it's all over scripture. Like, I'm probably just going to like bounce around and, you know, be here and there and call out so many different scriptures. And I stayed in this particular scripture of First Peter 2 9, you know. And so it was just so interesting realizing that it's all throughout scripture who we are who god created us to be um and just the four of us talking about it even before getting to the retreat and then us praying individually um i think is really cool just to see the lord work in in our hearts um as we prepare to share with other people but like that specifically was really cool to me because it was going into this you know this meeting i was like i'm gonna be everywhere i'm gonna be all over the place and then I just, the Lord just kept me here. He just kept me here to focus on it and to really dive deep. And um, he was really sweet in, you know, reminding me who I am as I'm, you know, trying to teach, which was cool. Yeah, I would say such a reminder of who we are and whose we are. Um, it's so easy. It's so easy to get sidetracked or lose your focus or forget. Like we need to re- be reminded so often um, because there's so much thrown at us that wants to tell us who we are or who we aren't. I, I know that when they spoke to me about um, speaking this year, I thought, well, let's just let me pray about it. And it was like that very night, boom, the Lord just kept waking me up and I would, okay, okay. Finally, I just got up out of the bed and sat down with paper and, and really he was just impressing on me. You know, my children know who they are they just need to remember it we just need to remember it every day i don't need to tell kirk he's my son but sometimes i'll just grab him and give him a big old smack and you know (laughs) yeah either a good one or a bad one smack him upside the head um just to remember who we are whose we are um and it helps us in so many ways to just start off the day i am your child and you are my father and what do I have to fear? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying, like it was about identity. And so, you know, oh, the analogy that you use, I mean, that stuck with me the entire weekend of the mirror analogy. It was just like, you know, we're looking at this and we're, we're seeing what the world is showing us, but we're, that's not what our identity is. So I was like, God, was like, I thought that was beautiful. And I, I talked about that in all like the breakout groups and stuff like that. So, um, Going through getting prepared for everything, was there a moment that you're like, oh, man, I am not putting identity in Christ. That was like the Lord just brought that up to me. And so uh, even with, you know, Nicole and Heather, too, it was like, have you all ever realized that of just I'm not putting my identity in Christ? I'm actually I'm putting in the world or something else. 
feel like that's a daily struggle <laughs> as yes. a person on earth who is a Christian, but also living in this world. I did not have the joy of attending the ladies retreat this year. Um, you were very missed. <laughs> we had some family stuff come up that just made it impossible to be here, but the Lord is kind and faithful. But I think that anybody could say that they struggle with identity. I mean, look at the, look at the climate of the world right now. Even people who claim to have found themselves in whatever they found themselves, like our culture is in an identity crisis, like 100%. Yeah. I did find <clears throat> thinking through all of this stuff really made it. I loved how it, the Lord just simplified life for me a lot in that. And over the last couple of years, I have gone from being kind of on top of a great career path and, you know, overseeing an entire operations department of, um, you know, a million dollar company. And so that was just like, oh, you know, like, here I go, you know, like, I'm going to have this career and, you know, it's all going to be great. And it's like, I don't want that life (laughs) to be real honest. I don't. It's stressful and it's hard. And you've constantly, all this pressure is like, you better not fail today. You better not fail today. Like Mm -hmm. that is just how, oh, like, and so, and that is the life that God has cut out for a lot of people to be, Mm -hmm. you know, great in their careers and they can go and represent Christ in a worldly environment and be a great employee and their employers look at them and be like, man, these Christians are really great to work with, you know, (laughs) like that's goals. Um, But for me to be able to say, today, I just need to glorify the Lord in whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I I so am quick to take my mind off of that. Literally as in in preparing for the retreat and praying over it, I'm sitting there folding my husband's laundry. If y'all know me, you know, I hate this. (laughs) I, I'd hate laundry. Does anyone like laundry? I mean, I would love to meet the person. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, Molly w- w- Walker, Crombie, actually loves okay. to fold laundry. I'm like, really take great. my two or them. me. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I was sitting there and I was like, this is ministry. This, mm-hmm. is, this is how I'm called to minister to and love my husband. Just like in that moment, he was at work. And that is how he is loving us like Christ for our family. That's how he's providing for us. He's going to work, working hard, doing a great job. And that's how he's providing for us. And so it was, it's just, that is our identity. And it's not in what we're doing. You know, it's just that we're all doing it to glorify the Lord and serve others. And yeah, ramble. Mm-hmm. I think the scriptures, um, I have to take my glasses off so I can actually read it. Second <laughs> Corinthians 10, three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of the strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We hear the first portion of that scripture quoted a lot, but the ending portion really speaks to me about our identity because so many things in the culture and in the world is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. It's trying to put itself higher than what we know in our heart and what God's already spoken to us to say, this is not true. But we allow strongholds to be built up in our mind that says this is more important or this is not so important. You're just folding laundry. I mean, what is that about? 
that's a stronghold that can be set up, and we have to pull those down every day. Just like Nicole said, it's a daily battle to pull down those strongholds that try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, because in our hearts, we already know what his word says. Mm-hmm. What would be kind of the best encouragement you would get to someone that doesn't even know how to, like, they're learning about a stronghold, and they're like, how do I even battle that? Where do I even start? Exactly what the first portion of that verse said, because we have to use his word to battle against that, mm-hmm. humble ourselves, and say, it's really not my battle, it's his battle, because he said who he was, and he said who I was. So remember, I said it, that he wrote my name on his hand. Mm. I have to remember that, and then say, I don't care what the devil tells me, that's not true. I am his child, mm-hmm. but I have to recognize those and don't let them become strongholds in my mind um, and wrap itself around me and just ruin my day. It's so funny that you guys have talked about very similar things, and mine is also similar to where the part in First Peter 2.9 where it says that we're a holy nation, which means we're set apart. Um, that is really what stuck out, stood out to me when I was writing and just praying through this particular scripture is, man, we are so different from our culture, especially today. Um, and our, our culture can have such a stronghold on us. And I'm raising kids in a culture that is so different. And so to be set apart, you know, I, I, I use the story of calling my friend weird and, and like that being okay. And me telling my kids, hey, we are weird. And that's okay to be weird because we're supposed to be set apart. Mm-hmm. The Lord has called us to be something different. Um, he's asked us to be something different. He prayed for us in John 17 because he knew that we would struggle to be not, you know, in the world, but not of the world. He already knew that. Um, and so how sweet, you know, just to hear you guys talk about, you know, the stronghold and then, you know, your job and not wanting to find your identity there and just we are supposed to be set apart. We are a holy nation, people for his own possession. And so he's chosen that. He's chosen to set us apart, to set us apart for a reason. And if we don't have each other, if we don't have a community of people that we're being vulnerable with, we're going to forget that. And mm-hmm. we're going to begin to be comfortable with the culture instead of being uncomfortable and okay with being the weirdos. Mm-hmm. Like we should be okay with being weird. Yeah, I think uh, what you kind of said at the retreat that stuck with me was the remember yourself. Like mm-hmm. tagline, like remember who you are. Um, and I would just say, you know, in struggling with where I, my identity is, would certainly be the roles that I have as, you know, a wife, as a mother, as a friend, as a daughter. Um, and those are all good roles, but I am called to honor and glorify the Lord in those, not myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but essentially it's like a, like either I'm taking on the responsibility of either the praise of like, I, I actually did do this or it goes bad and it's like all on me. I'm, I'm putting all the responsibility on myself. I'm just, you know, it's not, that's, that's, that's the Lord's and, and how he uses me. Um, so I would say it's just so easy and we do have to remind ourselves of truth and have good community around us because, you know, we are what we consume. Why do y'all think it's so easy to, put our identity in everything except for Christ. Mm. Sin? <laughs> yeah. Well. Sin. Next question. Pride? Well, no, because like, what you were saying, Pat, about humility, and like, I f- like, George and I were even talking about it yesterday, about um, 
because he obviously is in the music industry. He just released like his last main album that he'll be releasing as Resurrection. And it's amazing. not that he will stop writing music or stop releasing music, but the last like, this is an album I'm promoting as an artist and all of that because the temptation to be like the world is so heavy mm-hmm. and hard to resist. And think about the rich young ruler and how it's easier to go through the eye of a camel or, or camel to go through the eye of an eagle than it is for him to enter into the kingdom because the pressure of being weird and being okay with that and being set apart and knowing who we are in Christ relies on us being humble. And it is not within the wicked heart of a man to be humble. And if we could humble ourselves and lay down our pride and be okay with the fact that we don't have the big career or that maybe that career we could have isn't what God wants for us or has for us. Like if we could be okay with just who we are, who we've been created to be and what we're living for. Like, I think that something that God has convicted both of us of in the last year is like, are we living life on earth to gain material possession, to have a good and comfortable life? Or are we living life on earth as if we're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we longing for? Are we just storing up goods and everything here that's going to be worthless? Like, we can't take it with us. And I think that remembering that and living in that mindset of like, who we are, who we've been set apart to be, but what the purpose really is keeps us grounded in that. And it takes humility. It takes laying down all self, all pride. And I think Kirk even preached on Sunday about killing, like kill, like kill that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just so convicting. I think Lindsay or Chelsea, one of y'all said it during your talk. It's here in my notes. Um, you said our purpose and mission is to proclaim the one who called us out of the darkness. Um, oh, and there was another one. Something about when we are not um, living by, when we're not living for a purpose. Oh, shoot. I thought of it. Where is it? Um, right identity gives us real purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when our identity is in our career, what kind of real purpose is that? The business shut down. COVID hit. Like, what, you know, what have you left? What legacy have you left? What mm-hmm. impact, what eternal impact have you made there? So when you're not living by your right identity, you don't have a true, genuine purpose in, in all of that. And just last night at community group, we were talking about, um, you know, wanting to fit into this world. Um, I personally have been in circle groups before where Christians were like, they made fun of them and they were mocking them all the time. Um, and so then I'm like, I don't want to be mocked. I don't want to be made fun of. Like, I, you know, what do I do in this moment? Like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> um, you know, but then, and in the scripture, in Luke 10, Jesus is talking about um, how when they mock you, they're mocking me. <laughs> and when they're mocking me, they're mocking the one who sent me. And so it's the truth that I bring to the world. If they turn around and make fun of it, they're making fun of God. They're not even making fun of me. And like, that hurts my heart. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it just helps a little bit to to remove yourself and think like I'm living for the, his purpose and I can bring you truth. And if you reject truth, that's on you kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, kind of talk about that. But. Yeah. An- another qu- a quote that I used when Kirk uh, taught on this particular text was people do what they do based on who they think they are. Um, and so when we forget our true identity, that is going to determine what we do, you know? And so if, 
um, if I'm so focused on being a mother and being a good mother raising moral children and I'm not focusing on their heart, I'm overly consumed and that, that takes up my, my time, takes my focus. Whereas if I know that I'm chosen, um, you know, I am a royal priesthood, I'm a holy nation, I'm a people for his own possession, and I'm leveraging everything, even my mothering, for Christ, then that is way more of a purpose. That is way more of a eternal purpose. And so like waking up each day and like starting our day with saying, Lord, help me to leverage everything, my home, my car, my dinner table, you know, like help me to leverage everything for you. Um, because guess what? Two things are going to last. It's Jesus and his people. And so invest your time there. Invest your time running after Jesus, spending time with Jesus, letting that take up the majority of your time, and then spend your time with people, with his people. Um, and other people are going to see you do that, and they're going to know that you're different. They're going to call you weird. But then, you know, those that the Lord has chosen, they're going to be like, why are those people weird? I want to be weird. I want to do that, you know? And so it just, it's one of those just beautiful things that when you know the whole narrative of scripture and you know what Jesus came to do and why he died and what, you know, the suffering that he did was for our good and for his glory. When you really can grasp that, it changes every aspect of your life. And once you allow it to, even though it is sometimes very difficult, uh, it is one of the most glorious things because you know that. It's, it's eternal. How do y'all, I think we asked it in two episodes ago in the parenting one, like how do you, not only for your children, but your, yourself, you yourself, um, like when the world is screaming, when, like they're saying, your kids need to be this. This is what the world's going to, that's what they need to accept. That's what they need to become. Um, or you yourself, if you're looking in the mirror and it's like, no, you got to be what it is. Like, how do you combat that? How do you, tell your kids differently and so which is like which you just said nicole it's like when we our eyes get shifted it's like that's in that really good i don't know like how did we how do you combat that it's like no 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 no, not that way it's this way and then for them to be like yeah that makes sense and so we all walk different paths and god has a calling for every person's life so it's you know i feel like you could always do all the right things and they might go a different way but but you're still planting those seeds and so but how do how in the world you say something different in a, in a world that is screaming at your kids and at yourself. How in the world do you combat that? Mm. A lot of prayer. That's a loaded <laughs> a, a question. Lot of, <laughs> a lot of prayer. And it's so easy to get, uh, to allow our own ego to be stroked and saying, oh, your kid, you homeschool your child. That's awesome. You're a great mom. Or you're this, this, this. And and they just keep stroking that ego and you suddenly, hey, I'm, I'm doing an all right job, you know? <laughs> Really, we know that's not true. I can do all the right things, and if that's not the path that God has for my child, it's not on me. I still have to do the right things. But like just what you said, everybody has a different path. But it's my job, and as I've said to my children many times, it won't be on my watch. If you do this, it's not going to be on my watch. And the older they become, the more that has to be your mantra. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to say no to this that the world is telling you. And I'm going to have the scripture to back up. I can't just say because I said so. I have to have the scripture and be compassionate with your, my child and say, 
because this, and I'm praying 100% that this happens. I'm also praying that you're going to get caught if you do it. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to pray. But it's a battle. It's war. And then we hand it over to God and say, I've done what you asked me to do, and now he's yours. All of my children are yours. But it's a daily avoiding my own ego to be stroked in whatever I'm, if it's mothering or if it's my job or if it's my home, to not, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all right with myself. If I am, it's because God's given me the ability. It's because he's given me the talent. It's because he's directed my path that day. And I have to remind myself and remember myself that it is him in everything that I do or it's nothing. Um, there, what was some practical steps that are good for checking in our, on ourselves personally? Like that we, we're, we know that we're putting our identity in Christ. Like what are some, y'all have any practical steps that y'all normally do that, you know, self-check? Thank you all. I think it can really speak for itself when, again, you're whatever it is, whether it's in your marriage or your parenting or your job, but like, are you feeling responsible? Like, this is going so well and I am doing so great, or this is going horrible and it's the worst day of my life. Um, because like neither one of those, like we, we, we cannot, we, we don't need to be feeling either one of those. We need to be resting in the Lord and his plan for our life and where he has us. Um, there will be good days. There will also be bad days, hard days, sad days, all of these things. And God is still good and his plan is still perfect. And so like evaluating, you know, again, like today was so horrible. My children made a mess and they ate, you know, nothing cracker crumbs for lunch. And here we are. That's okay. You know, you can work with that. Um, so I think really assessing your heart and, and, and where you're at with that. Chelsea said when we had our meeting that day that those things uh, come out of just what you said, either out of pride mm-hmm. or out of shame. Mm-hmm. And neither one of those are, are right, mm-hmm. according to what the word says. And that's a good evaluation of, did I feel overly proud of this instance or did I feel overly shamed by the fact that it didn't happen and know that both of those are wrong? Mm-hmm. And get back to the word and get back to prayer. Remember yourself. (laughs) And remember yourself. Yeah, I think those two are good measures. I think two more good measures are where am I spending my time and where am I spending my money? Mm. Um, Both of those are comforts. You Mm -hmm. know, time to us is, you know, fleeting. And so we tend to honor it. And um, whatever is high priority in our life, we're spending our time with it. And our money is the same. Our money can bring comfort. Finance can bring comfort. Um, and so where is my money going? Is it being leveraged for the outgoing of, of the gospel? Am I having people in my home and, you know, feeding people and sitting around a dinner table with them? Um, or is it going to all of my, you know, prideful pleasures, um, or even those shameful things that I feel, I feel shame. So I, I gotta spend my money to cover this up or this feeling up. So I think pride and shame are, are great measures, remembering yourself and, um, where, where am I spending my time and my money? I think, um, again, I just talked about this yesterday with George, but one of the messages I, I think Kirk preached a while back about guardrails and about like setting the fence so far away from the cliff. Because like, you know, you go 
to a viewpoint to look out over a mountain or over a valley or whatever. And that like metal railing is like two feet from the edge. You crawl over that railing, you're not too far from falling off into like complete death. And I think that a good measure, and I know the question's not directed to me, but like all of those things are really framing up that fence being miles away Mm -hmm. from that point. And then community being tagged with that so that when you are trying to cross that guardrail that people are there to call you back. I would also add that how do you respond when things don't go the way that you would expect it to? So when your kids don't obey or when your kids don't live up to your expectations, what is your response? I mean, are you, did you lose it? <laughs> I mean, did, it, did you spiral out of like, oh my gosh. You know, when your husband doesn't live up to your expectations, when you don't get the promotion, when you... X, Y, Z, when things don't go how you would respond, do you respond with complete? Some of my responses recently and some idols that I realized that I had, it just sent me into crazy anxiety and I like shut down. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, why do I care so much about this thing? All right, Lord, let's process this because Mm -hmm. I'm caring way too much and Mm -hmm. it's taking over me. Um, So how do you react when things don't go your way? Mm -hmm. What would you say is some like, warning sign y'all realize like how do you how do you know you're not putting your identity across of course then of course you're doing certain things but what is some things that might sneak up on people they're like oh, my, my identity wasn't Christ but now as I'm examining myself I don't have it <laughs> I would say like Heather watching your response like are you angry are, are you blaming you know um or or can you say I'm resting in the Lord's plan for my life and this is hard. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. He's still going to be good. Um, but how, how are you responding to, to what's happening? A good look. Yeah, your, your stress and anxiety level mm-hmm. is a huge tale. You like elaborate? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> okay, she's... Ditto. No, that was a <laughs> mic drop. And yeah. um, <laughs> nope. um, what would you say was is y'all's biggest takeaway from the women's retreat? That I need to be more conscious of allowing things to become a stronghold in my own life. Um, you don't learn anything as well as you do when you're teaching it um, mm. and re- recalling times in my life when I just turned around and realized something else was on the throne and not Christ, but I let this thing or this situation um, take its headship in my life, and that was totally on me. Um, and That was my takeaway, that no matter how old I get or how long I've been a Christian or how confident I am in knowing his word, I still allow things to take over that shouldn't be seated on the throne of my life. And it's my responsibility to get it off the throne mm-hmm. and put Christ back in his place at the end of the day. It's amazing how fast idols creep up. Mm. And it's like you don't even realize. It's like, oh, dang. Am I, I'm not worshiping Jesus anymore. I'm mm-hmm. worshiping this Jesus I made out of this idol. And it's, that's yeah, scary. I, I had shared that at, at the retreat that. It was a good thing I was doing. I was doing a great thing, but it became more important to me than him. And until it was taken away, I had no clue. And I had a long, hard night that <laughs> night. 
I'll say in addition to all the things that we've already shared, um, one of the analogies that Miss Pat used um, was that like, we're like a puppy in a box. Um, you know, when you walk in, you're like, hey, we're here to pick out a puppy today. You just see one that you kind of connect with and you love and then you take it home and then you train it. And it's almost like we were that puppy in the box mm -hmm. that God was like, that one's mine. And um, one thing that I was reflecting on this week in preparation for this podcast um, <laughs> was, um, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she went on to say then, um, oh, that's what it was. Sorry. I'm back. Um, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your seat nothing. Um, but that notice that that puppy did nothing mm -hmm. to earn your love. Mm -hmm. You just walked in and you were like, I love that puppy. And you loved it all the way home. You posted it all over Facebook. And you did all the things and you love that puppy. Um, and you didn't have to wait and see um, so much in our lives, you know, like with careers, for example, you're, you're being watched by your employer. Are they going to mm. pick me? You know, like I've got to live up to this expectation. Not with God. You don't have to get yourself right first. You don't have to clean your act up. You don't have to share the gospel with this many people or, you know, bring this many people to church or memorize these verses. You don't. He has chosen you from before time. And just like with that puppy, you took it home and you trained it and in its years, it becomes more and more of an obedient, you know, helpful guard dog or whatever. And, you know, just as your family member, God's also sanctifying us and training us and the puppy makes mistakes and you don't get rid of it. Um, you just keep training it and eventually it pees outside. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Uh, mine would be kind of twofold. So as as a teacher, I think a takeaway was I have so much more of an appreciation for our pastors mm. and Amen. the work that they do to prep and the vulnerability that they share on the stage mm -hmm. and the things that a lot of us don't even know that they're going through mm -hmm. and they still are faithful to get up there and rely on the Lord to teach. Um, so... Anytime I'm prepping uh, for teaching, I always come home and tell Kirk, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you that you do, you do this on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I truly don't know how he does it. I mean, it has to be the Lord. Um, and I do think he is very gifted um, in what he does. But it just gives me such a big, huge appreciation for him. Um, and then the retreat specifically, I loved that the Lord kept drawing us back to the scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Malia that did a call to worship and she was like, hey, I had mm -hmm. no idea you were teaching the scripture. Do you think it's okay that I, I use it? And I was like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, because we need reminders, which mm -hmm. all three of us said, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the teaching is how much we need that reminder. And the Lord gave us that in mm -hmm. this retreat. He kept bringing the scripture to our mind. Heather started out the weekend with it and then uh, Malia read it and then I read it. And, you know, it was just, but you referenced it in your teaching, Pat. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, it was just so cool to see this is kind of what we're teaching on, that we need the reminders of being identified and the Lord's doing that in and amongst us as we were needing them ourselves. So. Mm -hmm. And hopefully continuing to go back to that um, and remembering yourself, um, being in the word, um, praying, spending time with the Lord um, and being in community and how important all of those things are in our daily lives, um, in remembering who we are. What is 
what is your hope that the the ladies that attended the event like what what is your hope they know then (laughs) (laughs) too easy i hoped that that they left knowing that we're all in the same not exactly the same situations but that we fail each of us in our walk and that his word is still true so in remembering yourself you know i'm the only one you can't walk away thinking well i'm the only one that screws up every day i'm the only one i'm way down here and you know chelsea she's way up here she's got all it all together and um i I hope that they left i know i did Uh, it felt like family being so lax in our slippers and coziness that hey my sister is just like me and she's going to mess up and forget who she is and she's facing the same carnival mirrors every day that I'm looking at, comparing myself to, but the hope is in his word that we all remember who we are in him and trust in that and not what the world is telling us and screaming at us. I would say that and that the vulnerability that people had, um, that that would stick around. It was so, it was so sweet. Um, Even new people. Like we didn't know. They didn't know us. We're just ready to be vulnerable and open. It's so easy to be so surface and like, hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? But to actually allow people in and you really do realize we're all struggling with a lot of the same things, maybe in different ways, different roles. Um, but it can just be such a gift from the Lord mm-hmm. to to give you that community to help remind you. Yeah. I mean I I would just say that the note that I continued to repeat uh, in in that specific teaching is right. Identity gives us real purpose. So I hope that the ladies walk away um, and constantly remind themselves of that and remind each other of that. You know, just that when we are acting out of our right identity, that gives us real purpose. Um, because I think so many people in this culture are striving and have lost sight of their purpose. Um, and they, a lot of people don't even feel like they have one. Um, but when we have right identity, it gives us real purpose. That is, listen to y'all, y'all talk like it just shows the sweetness of our Heavenly Father. Father, like, I love the analogy about the puppy. It's just like, just dirty puppy. And then like, that God sees the worth in that. that God, mm-hmm. like, I love the, the past two retreats we've had. Like, the first one was being known and wanted, and then the second one being identified. And so, that like, Imagine that someone just like randomly got a dog. They're probably like, I want the cleanest one. The one looks like that's doing really good right now. And so, but God's like, no, no, no. I want, I want the one that's dirty. And like, how sweet is that? That we have mm-hmm. a God that no matter, we feel like we're so dirty, full of sin. We're not wanted by anybody, all these things. And God says, I still want you. I see the worth in you. And he cleans us up and, and makes us identified. And he shares us what he's called us to be and who we are through him. And like, that is, is so contrary to the world. I love that. And mm. so, because the world would be like, yeah, no, you stink. Yeah, no, you're terrible. <laughs> and so, but how incredible God is that is, no, you're mine. And uh, that, like I said, that just, to me, shows how sweet of a Heavenly Father that we have. Um, as we kind of come to a close, Heather, what, what is a great encouragement? Uh, anyone who's listening to this about ladies' retreats or being identified, like that you would, want to leave someone um that he 
has not forgotten about you. And um, just thinking of how he has chosen all of us, we are daughters of a king. And I feel like so many times, I mean, he has chosen us. He has dressed us like the lilies. And we are choosing so many days to live in our rags and play in the mud puddle. Like we have been chosen by the creator and he loves us in every detail of our lives that he provides for us. And he will never leave us. He's going to continue to grow us. Um, He sees all of our sin and he's just chipping away and he's teaching us. And none of us are going to reach glory, you know, perfect perfection before we die. And we're just going to keep striving to, to know him more and keeping the focus on him. Um, and not the, not the tasks that we feel like are menial, not the careers, not even the raising the children or the being the wife, but just, all right, Lord, you gave me another day to serve you. How can I do that today? It might look like a great career. It might look like laundry. Um, it might look like lunch with a friend who's needing some encouragement. Um, it, it's, saying hello to a stranger who looks like they're having a bad day and like giving them a smile. It can be so simple. And I have been over uh, just thinking too heartily about it. You know, um, it's, it's a lot simpler than it I've made it out to be in my life. And so um, he just loves us deeply, no matter where you are and what you're doing. Um, he loves you. And that's enough. Um. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. Um, I think we've all been identified. Not missing any. <laughs> um, as we say with every podcast, we hope that this has been a help for you. Uh, not the main tool, but a tool that you can use. Um, and that um, if you need any information or want to talk to somebody or anything like that, we have an amazing email. Be still and grow podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to get material to you, talk with you, help you, or anything that you need. Um, love to do that for you so as always we love y'all miss pat will you please pray us out i will father god we thank you so much that you have identified us that you have chosen us before the world began and set things in the future for us to do for your glory lord just whisper to us as we lay down on our pillow at night that you love us and that we belong to you and help us to remember that Help us to follow hard after you. Help us to lead those who are watching after us. Help us to lead our children and the next generation into the gospel that you are the king of glory and have provided for us. We bless your name, Father. We pray all of these things in your beautiful name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please email us at bestillandgrowpodcast at gmail.com with your questions, comments, ideas, and prayer requests. For more content from Gospel Community Church, check out the Training Day podcast hosted by George Jones. This is Catherine, Heather, and Nicole. Join us next time. We'll save you a seat. Till then, be still and grow. grow.